0: So whenever you have a UTI, you're having an infection specifically off the bladder area. So it's not a vaginal infection, which I hear that a lot. It's a bladder infection. Now, it is so common that most women at some point during their lives will experience at least one UTI. So if you haven't, that's great. But if you have, know that it's very, very common.
1: You're listening to Make Some Noise Podcast, episode number 501 with guest Dr. Carrie Ann Perkins. Welcome to Make Some Noise Podcast, your guide for strategies, tools and insight to empower yourself. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm still a little bit under the weather. I have this never-ending cold, it seems like. Is this the super cold that people are talking about? I'm sorry if you have it. I've done uh, two COVID tests and they've both come out negative and it's just lingering and it's just, boo, I give it zero stars. It's the worst. And um, speaking of women's health, (laughs) we are we are chucking right along here. We have a couple of episodes left in this particular theme around women's health, and then we move into the recovery theme, which I'm really excited about. I'll tell you more about that a little bit later. But I wanted to remind you that any of you who are interested in writing a book, if that's you, if you've thought to yourself, before I die, I got to get this book out, or people have told you, you need to write a book. Your story is amazing, or you know so much about XYZ, you should really write a book about it. Hit me up. I love helping my clients with their nonfiction books. If you're writing a novel, I'm sorry, I can't help you. But if you're interested in writing a nonfiction book, then I may be able to help you. Whether you want to go traditional publishing or self-publish, head over to andreaowen.com slash nonfiction And there's a page that tells you a little bit more about exactly what I do, exactly how I can help you, and a link to schedule your complimentary 20 to 30-minute call with me to see if maybe we can work together. And I'd I'd love to help you. It's like one of my absolute favorite things to do with clients. And I don't talk about it all that often, but it's definitely on my menu of services. All right. So let's get into today's guest For those of you that don't know our guest today, let me tell you a little bit about her. Dr. Perkins is a board certified and dynamic obstetrician and gynecologist practicing in Pennsylvania. She has an extensive expertise in global maternal health needs, problems of the female reproductive tract, contraceptive care, and minimally invasive surgery. She also has a burning passion and commitment to fitness and a holistic approach to a healthy mind, body, and spirit. She is also a major in the United States Army Reserve, and she's an avid scientific researcher with over 16 years research publications and abstracts and notable honors and awards for innovative contributions to the research community. So without further ado, here is Dr. P. <laughs> Dr. P, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. It's a
0: pleasure to be with you and your audience. Thank you. Thank you.
1: I'm excited. I was mentioning to you just a few minutes ago about the women's health theme, and I've had a handful of doctors on on before, and so I'm I'm going to try to ask questions that haven't been asked before that we've already covered. So I want to start with, let's just jump right into like you know the too much information department. Let's talk about UTIs <laughs> or um, urinary tract infections for people who might not <laughs> know what that that acronym is. I yeah. used to get them all the time. But I also, in my twenties, I used to have a lot more sex. <laughs> do <you know? laughs> I don't know if that's the reason. I don't know if things change, mm-hmm. but how can you talk about, um, you know, how and why do women, some women get them more frequently? And then what are some ways to prevent getting them? And I also am curious, I know I'm throwing a lot of questions. Yeah, why are some women more susceptible than others? Like maybe why did I get them a lot in my twenties and I don't get them anymore?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so, well, congratulations on not getting them anymore. Thank that, you very much. <laughs> well, well. Listen, UTIs are very common. So, again, for for those who may not be familiar, um, a UTI is a urinary tract infection. Um, you know, down there in the pelvic region, you know, we have three different holes and three different systems. So, there's a bladder, which is where the urine is formed and released. Then there's the gyn area mm-hmm. where you have your your uterus and your cervix and your vagina and all the good stuff down mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. and then you have the bowel or the GI system which is your colon and everything is kind of really close down there. So whenever you have a UTI you're having an infection specifically off the bladder area. So it's not a vaginal infection which I hear that a lot, it's a bladder infection. Now it is so common that most women at some point during their lives will experience at least one UTI. So -hmm. if you haven't, that's great. But if you have, know that it's very, very common. Now, a couple of things that I love to mention about UTIs is is that the first thing is that it is caused by a bacteria that more often comes from your rectum. So Mm -hmm. it comes from your GI system, it comes from your anus. And so with that, Hygiene is very, 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 very important. I can't stress it enough. We need to make sure that we are wiping in the right direction. That is like number Mm -hmm. one. Uh, We need to make sure that we are hydrating well. And I'll go into why that is so important. But let's go back to why some people may get this. So you may get this because you are not practicing the correct way to clean down there. And so what happens is that because the three different systems are so close in between our groin, in between our legs, what happens is that bacteria can move and travel around and it can move and travel around based on different things. For instance, we're wearing underwear Mm -hmm. and we're passing gas. The gas is coming from the rectum. During that time, gas may also expel bacteria from the rectum. So bacteria is coming out as you are passing flatus is what we call medically, Mm -hmm. or farting, or passing gas. (laughs) Now, if you're wearing underwear, your underwear is catching that, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's grabbing all the little tiny bacteria that is coming out with that gas. Now, that underwear, as you're walking around throughout the day, as you're moving about living your life, that bag, your underwear is moving back and forth in between your legs. Mm-hmm. So it is helping to transport the bacteria that just left your anus towards the direction of your bladder. Or you may be simply not wiping from front to back. You might be wiping from back to front and you are moving mm-hmm. that bacteria to the front or more commonly during sexual activity. During sexual activity, a lot is going on down there. And so in between that, as our skins, they're touching and rubbing and all the movement, bacteria is just naturally moving around in that perennial or vaginal area. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is that whenever bacteria gets close to the bladder area, it starts to enter in that space. And once it gets in, this is when you get a UTI. Okay. That's gross.
1: Um, I thought, <laughs> I, I had an aha moment when you were talking about that. I also used uh-huh. to
0: wear thongs exclusively. Yeah. And I don't And anymore. that is linked with it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my number one motto is no undies. No undies, no undies, go commando. That's it. Um, but that's not necessarily comfortable for everyone. So if mm-hmm. you are. I often say one, yes, go cotton, but two, change your undies often. Yeah. Okay. So bring a pair in your purse and, you know, if it starts getting moist or I don't know if you're passing gas all day, you switch your underwear so you can get rid of that.
1: I Yeah. I'm just thinking back to my twenties and like, yeah, the, it was just, it was, there was just lots of partying and, <laughs> and drinking alcohol. Yeah. And anyway, I don't live that life anymore. <laughs> I heard this somewhere along the way that one of the other reasons that women tend to get bladder infections a lot more than men is because our
0: urethra is so much shorter than theirs. Like The the distance that
1: the bacteria has to travel isn't very
0: far at all. It isn't. And that's a very key component to it. Because if you talk to a man, it's just like a UTI. What is that? Mm-hmm. We don't get them. But for females, because the urethra is significantly shorter. Um, so what happens is like the urethra is the length of the penis. Mm-hmm. So if you think of, say, a four inch, five inch, six inch, seven inch man, he has that length of a urethra. So For a female, on average, you're looking at maybe about an inch, maybe Mm -hmm. an inch and a half. And so it's a short distance. And because of that, you know, bacteria will enter in a lot faster. And the key for females with that is that if you urinate often, then you're washing away any bacteria that has started to enter Uh into that space. And that's how you help to prevent getting UTIs often. And that's kind of the key reason why we say after sexual activity, urinate. Yeah, immediately after, after. wash mm-hmm. that bacteria
1: away. Okay, I want to sort of switch gears and ask you about something that I I've heard is common. I mean, you can mm-hmm. you can tell us if it if it's common or not. And it's it's actually okay. two different things. One of them is PCOS and the other one is uterine fi- fibroids. Yeah. So, can you talk about what each of those are, how common they are, and what um and I also have heard that a lot of women don't know what's going on and are misdiagnosed and seeing all kinds of doctors. And then finally, you know, in their forties, maybe finally get diagnosed with either fibroids or PCOS. And is that a common thing? Like, just kind of talk to us,
0: give us the one, two, threes on that. Yeah, so they're both very, very different things. And okay. so I'll talk about PCOS first. That's polycystic ovarian syndrome. This is a condition that is related to your hormones. And people with this may have um, several different things that they feel. So they may have irregular periods, meaning that they're not getting a period every single month. They may be having three or four per year, or maybe they skip their periods altogether. And so that is a condition that is not normal because our bodies should really have periods every single month. Uh, So that's number one. The second thing is that they may start having facial hair growth, Like balding, um, very similar to that of a male. Um, They may have like a lot of hair growth on their chest or on their legs or um, just even in their perennial area, like in between their groin area. Um, But it's an excessive amount of hair growth, which is not typical for a female. Mm -hmm. And the last thing is that whenever they have an ultrasound done and we look at the ovaries, ovaries tend to trap all their eggs. And so they're not being ovulated or released as they should every month. So when we see that ultrasound, they have like a pouch filled with eggs that are just stuck inside of the mm. ovary. And so with that, that's like the basic diagnosis of PCOS. And, you know, as you mentioned, diagnosis is very, very limited and sometimes very late. And so what happens is that we think right now that about 10% of females are experiencing PCOS, but I really think clinically is way more than that. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing 30 to 40% of my patients um, easily with this condition. And so they can start having infertility. They have problems with weight loss. Mm -hmm. They have problems with their thyroid often and so many other symptoms that are linked with that. And so that's PCOS. Um, it's definitely the beautiful thing about it is that it is reversible. Okay. It just takes a lot of work.
1: It seems to the lay person, it seems mm-hmm. to me that on like, how is it misdiagnosed so much? Like, yeah, I would think that on an ultrasound, wouldn't you be able to see that the
0: ovaries are either swollen or that they don't mm-hmm. aren't measuring correctly? That's an excellent point. Now, yes and no. So the first thing is that on ultrasound, yes, we may be able to see those, but you can have PCOS and not have that one factor. So two out of those three things are Mm -hmm. what is most common. Some people will have all three. So it's not mandatory. And you would need to have an ultrasound ordered Mm -hmm. to be able to see that. And most people, you know, when you go to the doctor, it's very important that you talk about what you're feeling. And this is kind of what I promote to my audience all the time. You, we won't know something is happening with you unless you tell us, yeah. speak to us every symptom, know your periods inside and out mm-hmm. so that if you're missing them, that it doesn't become like something that is just forgotten, that you're just like, well, I think I haven't had a period for four months. You know, those are important signs that you need to communicate to your doctor. So I recommend knowing your body because we start to evaluate your system based on what you record and tell us.
1: Okay. Because it, it makes me think of when people hate me for this, but I tend to have a really light period and uh-huh. um, and then it's usually like only around four days. So if, if yeah. I'm consistent like that and then suddenly my periods are six or seven days long and they're heavier, it might still be a quote unquote normal period, but it's not normal for normal me. Normal for you. Yes, so that's, that's what key. you're talking
0: about. Okay. Yes, yes. So you want to pay attention to your bodies. But, you know, it's surprising sometimes to know that some people don't realize that they've been skipping periods because no. they're, they're just living lives. And and they're just like, they kind of forget that it's important to know when your periods start and the length and and how long your cycles are. So there, there's basic information but something that a lot of people don't practice. So I recommend them knowing it so that once you start skipping a period, this is an alert, something should go off in in your mind that says something is wrong. And then this is when you go and see your provider so they can start the process of evaluating.
1: Okay. And it's, you know, cause I'm 47 now and I, sk- for the first time since I've been pregnant, I skipped two periods oh. and um, I called, <laughs> thank, you, thank you very much. All right. I called, I think I, I think I told, I told my audience this, my podcast people this, I called um, cause my OBGYN had told me at my yearly, she's like, if, if things get out of whack, just call us and let us know what's yeah. going on. So I called yeah. and I talked to the nurse and she said, um, what did the pregnancy test say? And I was like, I didn't take a pregnancy <laughs> test. I'm 47. My husband right. had a vasectomy. And she yeah. said, we need you to take one anyway. Because you just, uh-huh. it could happen, you know? Yes. And uh, my husband just about keeled over. And he went, he immediately went to Dollar <laughs> General and got me a pregnancy test. And he handed it to me. I'm like, you want me to take it like literally right now? He's like, literally right now. It came back <laughs> negative. So, okay. and then it, and then my period started back up again. Like, like, oh, mm-hmm. we're late. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we forgot. So no, not that is a, normal. That's
0: like the only time where um, once you start getting into a perimenopausal state, which is where mm-hmm. you are now, mm-hmm. that's the only time that is kind of okay to skip. Yeah. And that skipping is like completely odd. So the the conditions where skipping a period is essentially acceptable. Pregnancy, this is mm-hmm. why we always rule that out first. You want to make sure. Um, but pregnancy, perimenopause or menopause, or if you have not entered puberty. Outside of that, if those three conditions don't apply, and this is excluding being on medications or conditions, um, many people are going through like cancer treatment or, or on medicines that may cause you to not ovulate and have periods or being on birth control. So okay. outside of those things that may cause you to skip periods, if you they're not happening every single month, then yes, you've got to contact your provider. So what age is it
1: that like for your patients, if if one of your patients called and said, you know, I skipped a period, if she's 45, would you think that's normal? Is that like kind of the age? Um, Well, we'll still go through the same
0: steps. Now, perimenopause can start as early as seven or eight years before menopause. Menopause, on average, happens at the age of 51. Mm -hmm. And so as early as 42, 43, people may start to start skipping periods. And so as long as you are being evaluated, and that something else isn't happening in the background, like PCOS... -hmm. That could start in your 40s, right? So, this is why it's important to see your doctor to evaluate other things that may cause you to skip your periods. Now, if everything else is all testing is done, everything comes back completely negative, then we'll say that you're likely. Perimenopausal, or you're starting to, you know, knock on that door. Yeah. And so that could be the reason why you're having that. Okay.
1: And is is PCOS
0: under the umbrella, is it an autoimmune disorder? No, it is not. It's a it's condition. Okay. And so that's what this is the reason why it's kind of reversible. Because while you can have like autoimmune diseases, you can have diabetes, these are diseases. Mm-hmm. PCOS is not a disease, it's a condition. And because of that, it is a reflection of an imbalance. If you correct that imbalance, then you're able to correct the problem, and not then it. it's almost as if it's not there anymore. Okay, let's move into
1: uterine fibroids.
0: Talk to us about what those are. Yeah, so fibroids now opposite from uh, from PCOS. Fibroids are very very common. Okay. Most females at some point will have fibroids, and a lot of us have them and do not know they're there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so about eighty percent of all females, any age, have fibroids or will have fibroids during their lifetime. Now, fibroids, the good thing about them is that 98% of them are not cancerous. There are growths. There is a mass. It is like a solid mass that is growing inside of your uterus, your uterine lining to some degree. And so with that, fibroids can cause a lot of problems. And so some people may have them and not have any symptoms whatsoever, which is why they may not know that fibroids are there. So what are the symptoms? Symptoms are irregular bleeding, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: heavy bleeding, heavy bleeding to the degree that is heavier than your, your normal cycle would be. And they can cause you to bleed in between your cycles, cause you to bleed after sexual activity. You can have heavier bleeding where it just seems like, you know, when your periods come, it's like you are opening up a floodgate. There's just so much blood, so much blood clots. You're filling up pads every hour or tampons every hour, that is all completely abnormal. And But if you do have fibroids and they're in the inside layer of your uterus, this is where they may cause a lot of heavy bleeding, mm-hmm. sometimes leading you to the point where you're even anemic or need a blood transfusion. Oh it, can, it can get pretty bad. Uh, patients will show up to the emergency room, sometimes found in a coma or passed out from heavy bleeding suddenly from a fibroid. Mm-hmm. Now, for the majority of people, they have fibroids and they have no symptoms. Um, and so you might not know that they're there. Now, the interesting thing about fibroids as well is that fibroids, you can have 10 fibroids and have no symptoms. And you can have one fibroid and have all the symptoms in the world. Hmm. Or you can have a very small fibroid the size of like a blueberry. And you know everything is chaotic in your system. And you can have someone else with a fibroid the size of like a grapefruit and have no symptoms. It's interesting. And it's very interesting.
1: Do now do PCOS and and maybe even fibroids, is that something that like if your mother or grandmother or sister has
0: them, then you're likely to? Do they tend to run in families like that? Well, yes, for fibroids, which is why most females um may have fibroids. And again, you may know, you might not know that you have them, but they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, PCOS is a little bit different because that is now really mostly um based on your lifestyle okay it is is based on your physical body here and now and what's happening with it um, we're still doing a lot of research you know you know, as much as it's 2023 and we want medicine to be in our mm-hmm, minds today. far gone ugh, we're not there yet we <laughs> there's so much more research that's needed and so we're still trying to understand even the basis of fibroids and PCOS but right now fibroids yes and PCOS no okay Got it.
1: Well, I want to, I want to, um, touch on for those of my listeners who are trying to get pregnant or may want to get pregnant in the future. What are the, you talk about five signs of fertility that, you know, you're in your fertile window. Okay. And I, okay. <laughs> I didn't even know this. This is how long out of the loop I am. Um, that you can, now they have like a pee on a stick type of things that tells you yes. if you're ovulating. Yes. Are those yes.
0: accurate? They actually are for the most part, you know, you know, every brand is a little bit different. And, um, but for the most part, they work really, really, really well because hmm. we know that at the point of, of ovulation, that certain hormones are elevated in our system that causes all of the ovulation to occur. And so yes, when you pee on the stick, if those hormones are present, Usually, I feel like very kind good. Of expensive though. I,
1: I when I when I glanced at him, I was like, "Yeah, it'd be a lot to buy one every month,
0: every month." But here is the thing: now, if some people who are either suffering from infertility mm-hmm. or they have irregular periods and they don't know when their periods uh. will come or they don't know when they'll ovulate, people are spending and testing every single day trying to catch that ovulation because mm-hmm. it varies so you know drastically for them. Yeah, and so yeah. yes, infertility all in all can be extremely expensive.
1: Yeah. I um I imagine I mean I can understand like that you'd want you'd want to know and, yeah. and especially for someone who really is is struggling with infertility. Okay, I want you to finish this sentence in your mind. You're going to fill in the blank. I deserve a sex life that is what? Fill in that blank. What comes to mind? Don't be afraid to say it. I deserve a sex life that is hot. I deserve a sex life that is unique to my own needs, whatever it might be that day. Because whatever it is for you, you absolutely deserve it. And Dipsy can help you get there in new and sexy ways. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories that are designed by women for women, and they bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters, You can discover stories about second-chance romances or adventurous vacation flings and hot and heavy hookups. One of the things I love about them is that they also have soothing sleep stories. They have wellness sessions and, of course, the sexy stories that you can read. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me-time, explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or heat things up with a partner. For listeners of this show – Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash kickass. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash kickass. That's dipsystories.com slash kickass. So what are the five signs of, of fertility? I know that one of them, isn't it like your mucus is like egg yolk not okay, yokey, egg white like an egg white. Yes, people can't see, but I'm doing like my thumb and forefinger back and forth. Like,
0: but yes. Um. So there, there are definitely physical signs that change, and and one one of them is having that egg white discharge. Yeah. If it's like
1: and a so yolk, then you should probably call your OPGYN.
0: It <laughs> might be a problem. You don't want a yolk down there, no. Though. You don't want a yolk, not mm-hmm. at all. But. But the egg white is such like a really good, you know. Sometimes I I I think having analogies comparing, you know, like with food is just kind of weird. Cause then it's like every time I open up an egg, it's just like, uh, I cracked <laughs> this egg is. and here's my yeah. right discharge. It's weird. Um, but it is actually a very good um, analogy because um, while some people may not notice this because you know our, our discharges are may come out in a different amount and, and it changes from day to day so it's very different from person to person but for those who are very in tune with their discharge they will notice that they have this egg white type of discharge around the time of ovulation and yes it's a little bit more sticky and yes you can touch it and yes it's okay <laughs> and you might mm-hmm. not see like a whole egg white on your underwear but um, that is actually what's happening on the inside, it's biology's beautiful way to help sperm to help procreation, right? Okay. So, to mm-hmm. help sperm to come in, so it's like a slippery slope for them. But that's definitely one of the reasons, the the causes, or one of the signs that you can look for. Um, in general, I I always start by having the conversation and knowing your cycles um knowing them very very well the more that you can predict is the more that you can f- know when your fertility window has occurred and so if you know this well you want to count back 14 days from the anticipated period date to mm-hmm. know that you're actually in this window okay. and if you're in that window some people may start to have breast tenderness mm-hmm. And breast changes, um, due to those hormonal changes. Sometimes you can even have a mood change around mm-hmm. that time. You know, some people may feel like their their sex drive has just ignited. Like it's that just
1: happened. That happened well, Not as much anymore now that I'm 47, yeah. but uh-huh. definitely I felt that. I was like looking around. You know, at at men that I might not be looking at. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> it was it was weird at times, especially yeah. um, like in my late 30s, I really started to feel it. And I yeah. used to joke and say yeah. like, my ovaries are having like a going on a business sale. And like, <laughs> you gotta get on it, get on it. Yeah.
0: And, and some people become more aware over time and some people become less aware too. And so, yes, this is once you you realize that's happening and you realize the change is it's kind of good because if you're not trying to get pregnant and you're not using a birth control method, it might be that signal to stay away and yeah. keep it all away. hmm
1: hmm Okay, so um, it's uh, increased libido, the
0: the egg white, the discharge, and what else are we missing? So oh, the, the first counting back is, aha, mm-hmm. uh-huh, you're counting back so you know that you're in your window. And one of the best signs, really, um, which we're kind of, I, I should have probably been a little bit clearer is. Knowing the number one way that you can know that you're fertile is by having regular periods um, that you that are predictable. So that mm-hmm. means that you are having periods of length or a menstrual cycle, the length of um, between 21 days and 35. And so if you last, if your periods are coming consistently, then it tells us that you are fertile because you need to ovulate. If when you ovulate and the egg dies, it signals to your system to have a period. Mm-hmm. And so we know that you're fertile because you're ovulating yeah. and you're making eggs.
1: Okay, okay. um, can we talk about supplements? My social media feeds are full of different experts and and we hear you know sometimes conflicting information about what supplements to take and so for for women specifically, especially women that um either still have their uterus or might not have their uterus, like, is that different? like I know that I think you had a blog post where you talked about like these seven, supplements that every woman should be taking, whether she's in her twenties or whether she's in her seventies or anywhere in between. Can you, can you talk about those? Yeah. So
0: here's the thing. Um, In general, what I recommend number one is that we eat a balanced diet across Mm -hmm. the board Mm -hmm. because it is healthier for your body to get the nutrients, the micronutrients, which are all the vitamins um, from your foods if you can eat them rather than supplements. And so, you know, there's a lot of controversy, a ton when it comes to vitamins and supplements and is it needed, is it not? Is this, you know, a problem with the industry? There's a lot there, but what we do know um, altogether as all medical professionals is that micronutrients are very important and they help our bodies function well. And so regardless of whether or not you still have a uterus or you still have a vagina or if you're going through different medical conditions, yes, all those normal average Micronutrients are very important. So, we're talking about the vitamin E, the vitamin Bs, like a B complex, super important. Um, we're talking about having omega 3s. We're talking about these things that are very important to the function of our bodies, regardless hmm. of the ages that we're in. But if we can get them from the foods, I recommend getting them from the foods first. Yeah. Now, how do we kind of ensure that that happens? Your your meal should really kind of be colorful. And if it's colorful, then you likely hitting these micronutrients. Now, if you're just like, listen, I don't eat a colorful plate. I, um, I eat a lot of fast food or I'm on the go all the time, or I'm very mm-hmm. busy. I'm not able to cook my meals. Then yes, I would recommend going for vitamins and supplements to kind of help to supplement okay. your body and what's missing. And so key ones that I would say for sure um, like I mentioned, B-complex, very, 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 very important. A complex really essentially says that there are um, at least 12 B-vitamins And when you have the complex, it incorporates multiple different versions of those B's in that complex. Mm -hmm. Some people may have a multivitamin that incorporates that as well. So you might not need to take, you know, like 10 or 12 pills. Maybe your multivitamin will have that. Vitamin D, super, 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 super important. So you wanna make sure that your levels are up to par with that. Um, The wonderful thing with uh, vitamin D is that levels can be checked. Mm -hmm. So if you've not had your levels checked, Um, you may want to talk to your primary care doctor about that at your next visit to make sure that you are aware um, and make sure that you have enough. Um, Vitamin E, very important for the female and it's important for our skin, the vaginal area, helping us with um, our lubrication Mm -hmm. um, and the elasticity that we want to remain In the vaginal space, especially if you start getting to the point of becoming perimenopausal and menopausal, what happens is that when we are prior to menopause, we have estrogens in our system, and estrogens are wonderful to a certain degree, right? And so they're wonderful in maintaining our skin texture and the way we feel and all these things. Once we start getting through perimenopause to menopause, then as that estrogen goes down, Or skin elasticity changes where it doesn't become as elastic anymore, Mm -hmm. which can cause a lot of friction and pain, especially with sexual activity and feeling dry. And so vitamin E is a key component in helping to retain that elasticity. Um, Vitamins K are very important. It's very important to help function well Um, Mm -hmm. calcium amazing we really want calcium especially if you are transitioning um, Mm -hmm. into that menopausal state as well Um, once we hit the age of 30 or bone density decreases every single day that we're living Mm -hmm. and so what does that really mean well essentially your bone strength is going down every day
1: yeah
0: and so the more brittle your bones become is the more likelihood that you can get fractures and, and breaks to your bones very easily. And sometimes from very little force being applied to those bones. Hmm. And so calcium goes along with vitamin D as well to make sure that we're maintaining that as we get older and transition to our different um, decades of life.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's, that. I felt like it was a, such a game changer when I started taking vitamin D and the B12, I think it was. The vitamin D test came back super low. And we're like, oh, okay, you know, and it's always kind of <laughs> it's always kind of nice when something is like glaring at you on the page that you can fix. Uh-huh. And it went up. And my my doctor even said she's like, I'd actually like to see your vitamin D be even higher. I can't remember what it was. Like it was within the normal range, but it was still kind of on the lower side. Yeah. And so we made some adjustments, but that was a huge game changer. And I also found. I'll put the link in the show notes. I found an omega-3 um supplement that doesn't give you the fish burps.
0: <laughs> oh, that's a pleasure.
1: <laughs> it's the Barleens brand. And they're in the capsules. I don't know what they do to it, but they but anyway, I thought that was that was so
0: much better than having those gross fish burps those fish burps, and you can actually get it from a lot of different things like black seed oil, which is also another um, supplement that can be very beneficial providing like lots of antioxidants for your body. But if you think the omegas give you a fish burp, when you try that, it's on another level. Like it's, it's a lot. What, now, what, did you say black seed? Uh-huh. I don't think I've ever heard of that one. Yeah. Um. So there are lots of different um supplements that um, and oils that actually help to add to the um, the amount of good fats that we have in our system, and mm-hmm. black seed is one of them. Okay. Um, but yeah, that after the after effects is um, it, within like ten to like thirty minutes after taking it, it's just the breath. Your everything changes. <laughs> about you there's almost like garlic you you know if you have like a lot of garlic strong garlic intake you want to kind of take a break for a little while before you speak you know really it just comes out of your pores
1: it's not even out of your breath at like a certain point like because I if I feel like I'm getting a cold I haven't done this in a while but I would get a clove of garlic chop it up and then put it in a spoon with a tiny bit of honey on it and just swallow it Nobody wanted to be around me after that. And yeah, it, I wasn't and even talking. Like, that's what my husband said. He's like, it's coming out of your pores. Like, you just smell like garlic.
0: Yeah. You know, they work. They're pretty strong. <laughs> it did work. Um, <laughs> I haven't done it in a while. <laughs> it's powerful. It's powerful stuff. I did want to add in there um, as we we're talking about these supplements, too, like a couple of other important ones that um, I didn't dive into yet, but I think are really important. And I, I like to bring it to the forefront of, of audiences. One of them is iron. -hmm. Iron, you know, because we are females and we're menstruators and, you know, people with vaginas, we are losing a certain amount of iron every single time that you have a menstrual cycle. And so it's important to check your levels with your doctors as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you are low, to supplement. Now, everyone doesn't need an iron supplement, but those who do, it is so important because the lower your iron gets, the one less amount of oxygen that is being delivered to your organs. So you're not feeling well, you're feeling tired, you're feeling fatigued, you don't mm-hmm. have energy, your heart might be palpitating or beating really fast in your chest. There's so many different symptoms that can be linked with iron alone. So it's super important to know where you lie and what your levels are are like with that. Um, and the second thing, which I think for me is really kind of maybe number one is if you are in reproductive age, that mm-hmm. means you're between puberty and you're between um, puberty and menopause, that you take a folic acid. hmm and folic acid, um, it actually may come in different forms. So you can have folic acid or folate. Um, but this is very important if you have a chance or a possibility or are trying to get pregnant. Um, if you're on birth control and you're just like, listen, we're not doing this. It's this not mm-hmm. a part of my plan. We don't need this. Completely okay. But if you're not on birth control and there's a possibility or a likelihood of pregnancy, take in folic acid before you know that you're pregnant. Yeah is very important because in the first 10 weeks of pregnancy, this is where the organs of a new human being develops Mm -hmm. and folic acid allows for that development to go normally. And so oftentimes when we figure out, or we know that we are pregnant, we've now we're far along the process. We're well into these 10 weeks. And so, um, you know, I just had a patient whose baby doesn't have any lower body. Oh my gosh. And this is, she's still pregnant. And Mm -hmm. this, these things happen. And sometimes it may be due to the fact that enough folic acid was not in your system as those important organs and and limbs and and everything was developing. So take a folic acid or folate or a prenatal vitamin that already has it Mm -hmm. in place. Just in case. Yes. Just in case.
1: One last question before we say goodbye. I wanted to ask you, what are you, we talked about it a, a little bit, um, but I'm. It's kind of a general question. what are your tips for having a quote unquote healthy vagina,
0: just in general? <laughs> <laughs> um, talked about all the supplements to take. Uh, so my number one tip is do very little, and I, it's probably the best tip that I have because. We tend to feel like, especially with the consumer market, that so much is marketed to our vaginas. Right. And indirectly, it almost makes us think that the way our vaginas are right now is not normal mm-hmm. or is not good or something needs to change or maybe I need to do this to make it better. Mm-hmm. And so... Know that your vagina as is, is great. It's great. It is functioning. It's doing what it needs to do completely by itself. A self-cleaning need, organ. Yes. You mm-hmm. don't need to add things to it to make it better. Now, if you have an infection, that's a different story. Right. But you want to do very little. So top tips, wash with water only. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do not put anything in your vagina. Do not douche. Do not throw. the. Don't put a, uh, like a, a shower head. I've, I've heard it all in your vagina to wash it or clean it. You don't need to do that. Just Mm -hmm. leave it alone. Let it clean itself. Use water. If you do want to wash your vulvar lips, so those are the lips like in between your legs, then I would recommend water, number one, or using a liquid wash. And the liquid is because there are a lot of things in our products that um, are being absorbed into our systems through our vaginas. Mm -hmm. And so- the chemicals that are used to formulate a hard soap mm-hmm. is very harsh for the vulva, the vagina, and can lead to cancers within our system, or female reproductive tract. And so, trying to use less of those harsh chemicals is best for your body. So that mm-hmm. would be my number two tip. Um, third tip, I would say is no underwear. You know, I almost want to say it's, it's really kind of up there with number one, but you know, it's a it's a close close on the list, but skip the underwear, let your vagina and your vulva breathe, breathe, breathe. Um, try not to wear tight clothing and things that kind of kind of squishes your your vulva and your vagina because that becomes unhealthy for your vagina. So I would say those are my top tips to keep everything clean and well down there. Okay. My mom always
1: taught me <laughs> um, since I was little about using a washcloth down there Mm-hmm. using it one time like don't reuse you know don't wring it out and let it sit out and and dry and then use it again mm-hmm. so that's just what i've always done i mean is that
0: yeah I, I i'm i don't support the washcloth okay because those can be very abrasive you know oh, let I me see. think of our our vaginas i i often compare it to the inside I'm part like of are very your mouth. gentle dr p like I'm not I, you know like going there, to town I, down I don't there think there i don't think there is a, a washcloth out there that is gentle enough for okay. me to approve. Maybe and, I'm just used to it, but I'm not like scrubbing ground, you know? Like, <laughs> yes. Very so definitely don't scrub. So if yeah. you do, then yeah, don't scrub. You don't need to go back and forth. You don't need to spend five minutes, you know, scrubbing that there. But think about this, you know, when you brush your teeth, mm-hmm. you're not brushing the insides of your cheeks, right? The skin. We don't ever scrub that area. That area is a similar um, tissue that we have in our vulva. And so the same way we brush our teeth, we, br- we brush our tongue, but we're not brushing the sides of our insides of the mouth. Mm-hmm. We don't need to do the same down there because it's the area, the skin cells are so thin that when you start scratching it with other, another material of any kind, you're causing little micro cuts. In the skin. Mm-hmm. And then once you have a cut, you've now broken the barrier that your body has to prevent infection and things f- from happening. So when you do that and you open up your skin, now you're causing the likelihood of getting infections and problems a lot more because your body's now open to the world and that protection is no longer there. That is okay. So yeah. So I'd recommend. Okay. You know, going without it, if you can, if you're just like, I'm addicted, this is what I know, softer, <laughs> softer, and yes, just washing once.
1: Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. And the last question is, where do you want people to go to learn more about you and the things that you offer? Now you're at Call Me Dr. P, and that link will be in the
0: show notes, but you have like coaching and consulting and masterminds and all that kind of good stuff, right? Yes, yes, yes. And so my website, um, um is a great way for you to get an overall idea of all the different services that I offer. Um, one of the, the biggest programs that we have going right now is for people who are searching for balance, people who have hormone imbalances, people with PCOS, people having problems trying to conceive, anything that's linked with the hormonal state of our reproductive system, I have a mastermind program called Madam Estrogen, where we teach you and help you to naturally um, balance your body and balance your hormones. And all that information is on the website. If you'd much rather just get daily information from videos and and things like that, then my social handles on TikTok and Instagram is the same. Call me doctor in D-O-C-T-O-R dot p. And I'm excited because my YouTube just launched. So now there are lots of videos going up about all these common, you know, questions and things that as females, we want to learn more about. So I have lots of great information that's being offered. And so you can check them out on your YouTube
1: channel. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much that yeah, that'll all be in the
0: show notes. The YouTube handle is the same as well. Call me Dr. P.
1: Thank you so much for being here and having these these conversations that sometimes they get missed and it's all, I tell my listeners, I'm like, you can't, you can't work on your mental and emotional state if your physical state isn't working really well. And so I appreciated these conversations so much. Thank you again, everyone, for being here. You know how much I appreciate the time that you spend with me and my guests. And remember, it's our life's journey to make ourselves better humans and our life's responsibility to make the world a better place. Bye for now. Hey, did you know there's free secret podcast episodes waiting for you that are not part of my regular podcast feed? Yes. AndreaOwen.com slash free. And you just sign up. You get a link sent to you. It's very secret. It's like a secret club. We don't have a secret handshake. Don't worry about that. But it's these motivating podcast episodes that I made for you. They're under 20 minutes each. There's three of them. They're for wherever you are in your life. So head on over there and grab them. They range from really supporting you and seeing you where you are and being compassionate all the way to giving you a giant kick in your ass and telling you how amazing and gorgeous and phenomenal you are. So com slash free and get your hands on that free podcast feed.